Um, on the, the Westminster Catechism, there is a famous question, and it is, what is the chief end of man? And the answer to that is, man's chief is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Amen. Okay, man's purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him forever and ever and ever. So you see, we are worshippers. <coughs> we are worshippers. We are worshippers. We are born to give him glory and to give him praise. We were born to enjoy his presence. Worship is completely at the center of who we are. We were created to worship him. Mm. Actually, I would suggest that if we are not worshiping God, we will try to <coughs> worship something else. Yeah. We will try to fill a gap with something else. And actually, ultimately, we won't find satisfaction because satisfaction can only be in connection to God. So we are born, we are born to give Him glory and to enjoy His presence. Actually, in Psalm 148, it says, All creation praise the Lord, the Creator, for His name alone is exalted. Actually, creatures and creations are all worshipping God. Okay, the tree worships, the everything worships God. That's in some. If you are not worshipping, creators does. But what's amazing about us is not only we are his creation and his creatures, but we, we are his sons and daughters as well. In actually Ephesians 1, 46 it says, He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons for Jesus Christ. To the praise of his glorious yeah. grace. Can you see that? How amazing it is. So we are completely born to worshipping for, for his praise. Now worship is about the connection. It's about the connection to a loving father. Okay? We worship our father who are in heaven. Hallowed be your name. That's, that's to the father. Even the prayer Jesus demonstrated was that. Our Father. Yeah? So we are in connection to a loving Father. We worship because <clears throat> we are His children. And He loves us. Paul did this uh, amazing preach on, you know, I am loved. Mm. I am loved. That's what we worship. It's because we have this relationship with Him. I love this verse in 1 John 3, who says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us. That we should call children of God, and so we are. Yes? So we worship because He loves us and we love Him back. Mm. It's about a connection, a relationship. Mm. Now, interestingly speaking, you could turn to me and say, okay, oh, that's interesting. So God wants praise and glory to Himself, you know, and we just have to praise and glorify Him. You know, and there's a lot more to Him. And actually, when we worship Him, we get satisfaction from that connection. Amen. So it's even for our own good. It's not just for God to be exalted. It's for our own good. Actually, the most connected to God you are, the most satisfied you will be in life. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. 
Honestly, I repeat that the most connected to God you mm. are, the most satisfied you will be in life. Yeah. If you're one of those who are thinking, I can get no satisfaction, <laughs> well, I would suggest that it's because you don't have the connection. Yeah. Yes? Satisfaction comes with the connection to a loving Father. That's the only way we can really be satisfied. And I love when Jesus says in John 6, you know, he says, come, believe in me, because you will never be hungry. Yeah. You will never be thirsty again. It is the living water. It is the bread of life. It's amazing. Even in Psalm 16, it says, in your presence there's fullness of joy. And in your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So in his presence, in this act of connecting to him and glorifying him, there's pleasure. So God is not just this kind of God who said, okay, worship me, you know, and he's, there's nothing in it for you, but you have to worship me. It's not like that. Actually, he invites you in delighting in him because he delights in us and there's something amazing about it. It's, it's living. It's full of life. It's full of hope. Yes? So it's, it's, it's a really rich relationship. It's not something I just have to do. Yeah. You see, worship is our life pursuit. It's our life pursuit. If you wonder what to do in life and you're a bit lost, I'm telling you, it's very simple. You love him and you glorify him and you spend time in his presence. He will show you the, he will show you the rest. He will show you the rest. Basically, what it is, is the story goes like this. We've got a father. He loves us. He delights in us. He created us uniquely. Amen. Uniquely with different traits and character and purpose and destiny. Okay? And all we do is delight him. And we discover what is that destiny is. And we glorify him as we enter our destiny. That's, that's what it is. So worship is our life pursuit. It's our, it's our life pursuit. And this is what would give us uh, life to the food. Okay? So as I've been talking, you can guess that worship is a lot more than just singing on Sunday morning. Okay? It's your DNA. It's everything you do is about worship. It's about the activity of glorifying him and being in his presence. And I love the story of uh, Brother Lawrence. Have you heard of Brother Lawrence? No? He wrote an amazing book, right? As some of you might have read that. Uh, it's the, the, the Practice of the Presence, something like that. And he was a 17th, um, um, 17th century French monk. Fancy it. So basically, he, he had a lot of chores to do as a monk. And he would say that he's learned in everything he did, even washing up the dishes or something really not pleasant, he will find a way to glorify God and be so full of the presence of God. So there's this famous quote saying to him, oh, I even pick up a straw from the ground, you know, for the love of God. For the love of God. And he was so full of the Spirit because he had learned that in everything he was doing, he was able to, to do it for the love of God. You know? I just love that. Okay, so... It's a lot more than Sunday morning. But, okay, so what is Sunday morning about? What is, is it, what is worship about when we are together and we're singing his praise? What is it about? Okay, what do we sing so much? Okay. Well, 
Worship, in that sense, is the activity of still glorifying God, but with, with our voice and with our heart. It's one aspect of the worship. But it's such an important one. Such an important one. If you read the Bible, okay, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the activity of worshipping with our voice is super important. You look at the Old Testament, and there's a huge emphasis on thanksgiving, praising God, making music, making loud noise. Read the psalm, it's full of music, of singing, of dancing, of banging the cymbals, you know, name it, it's there, yes? And it says in the Psalm 22, you know, God dwells in our praise. So ultimately we're worshipping and when we are all together we're worshipping because we want to be in his presence and we know he loves it so much that the more we worship the more he comes in a tangible way. Yes? Even in the, oh, the New Testament, actually I forgot to say, in the Old Testament by the way, there were people who full time, they were paid full time to do that. Day and night, night and day they were in the temple. That was their job. Okay? So you must say to me, okay, that's, that was good for the Old Testament. What about the New Testament? <coughs> the New Testament, there's the same principle. It does say, you know, when one or two dwell, you know, together, I am in the midst of it, yeah? So there's something about when we come together, we are in unity, and we come for, for, for glorifying him, him. He comes. He comes with his presence, okay? But as well, if you read the epistle, there's so many passages, I put uh, Ephesians 5, 19 on the slide for you, but there's so many places where it says, uh, you know, sing to one other psalm and hymns and spiritual song, sing, make melody to the Lord, you know, when you come together, mm. use the gift. So there's something about we sing together and we, um, we worship together and it seems to build us up, Okay. Because again, what, what's happening there is we are connecting to the living God when we worship. So that's not a surprise. If we're connecting to the living God, then we are coming alive in the worship and we are meeting with God. Okay? So something happens when we are worshipping in spirit and truth. And you probably all came across that verse, you know, that the true worshippers, in John, Jesus said, you know, the true worshippers is the one that... Worship in spirit and truth. In Matthew, well, what does that mean? What is worshiping in spirit and truth? Well, I'm telling you, worshiping in spirit and truth, this is not what we are going to see right now. And Josh is going to put a little clip for me. But this is definitely not you know, what, what we're going to see right now. And then I will unpack what, what it is. I will sing of your love on Sundays. Sing of your love on Sundays. I will sing of your love on Sundays. Then this feeling is gone by Monday. I surrender some. I surrender some. Jesus, I. Thank you. 
It says, worship and true worship is an outpouring of our hearts in response to a realization of who God is. An outpouring of our heart in response to, to a revelation that we have of who God is. So you cannot worship in spirit and truth if you don't realize who God is. So now, we've all been in, at some point or other in situation where, oh, we're thinking, oh, I don't really think so much like worshiping this morning. Yeah? Have you been there? Put your hand if you've been there. I've been there. Okay? However, I've learned that I can do something about that because the Spirit of God is in me. So if true worship is me realizing <coughs> who God is, I'm going to worship Him in spirit and truth. So what I do is I use the same trick that David in the psalm used when he said, wake up my soul. Wake up my soul. Yeah. So I speak to myself and I say, wake up my soul until my, my mind and my body lines up with my spirit. Yeah. And I start to recant the benefit of what God has done. I start to look at who he is. And then suddenly I feel it bubbling. I said, yes, I know now. Yes, this God is my God. I can worship Him. So the problem is not so much that sometimes we don't want to worship. The problem is, what do we do when we don't want to worship? We need to take authority and say, Yes, I am a child of God. I have the Spirit of God in me. And I'm going to worship in truth and in spirit. Yeah? And I'm going to focus on who He is until my emotion line up with the spirit and not the other way around which is impossible I do okay so this is really important now you see true worship is really prophetic as well mm. there's something in the worship that you will not get somewhere else because you sing about who God is you declare truth 
And that brings revelation to your heart. Yeah. You know, when we sing songs like, you know, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. You realize that. You think, oh, this is true. You take that truth and you apply it into your life. And you, you say, okay, I do not need to fear because this is the revelation of who I am God. There's something prophetic in worship. Actually, often as well, uh, it, what's amazing is, uh, prophetic uh, songs in general, when they are written, they almost announce prophetic new eras as well. So, for example, if you look back uh, in the 80s and in the 90s, there was this such a discovery about you know God, um, Jesus is not just our savior, but he's as well our Lord. So all the songs were about that. See how amazing Lord we had. Yes. And we, we, we not only save us, but we give us everything in our lives. Yeah? And now, if you think, you look about the songs, there is this new thing about we are adopted, we're not orphans, and we are connected to this amazing Father. So actually, prophetically, the new songs are hooked up that there's a new revelation that, yes, of course, He's our Savior, of course, He's our Lord, but He's as well our Father, and we are not alone. So this is a really important thing. Uh, another thing is, when we are singing the songs, because this prophetic, you get breakthroughs as well. You get breakthroughs, you get freedom, you get healing, you get new revelation that, that shifts your mindset, you get stronghold, completely demolished, etc. There's breakthrough in the prophetic aspect of worship. And that's because it's in spirit and truth. It's by the Spirit of God that we are worshipping. Okay? So, it's impossible to worship and not be transformed. It's impossible. Ultimately, when we are worshipped together, and when you worship even at home in spirit and truth, you will be transformed because you're connecting to the living God. Yeah? Now, let me tell you a little bit about worship in CCK. So, because a lot of people, sometimes people ask me questions, what do you do the way you, know, you, you live worship? So, I thought I'd take the opportunity to tell you a little bit about it. But really, our focus here is often to worship and to make sure that our songs reflect the full love we can have in Christ. So, joy, hope, love, faith, those are the themes that we are concentrating in our worship. And I would say there's three aspects we, we go after. I mean, this is not like a rule that I give to everybody in the worship band. It's what I've observed we actually gone for. Yeah. First thing we do is we focus on God. Okay. We're not so much interested in singing songs about how we feel. Or, you know, I mean like, oh, it's terrible and the days are doom. And, you know, we're not going to sing about that. We're going to sing about... God, who is almighty, who is all-powerful, who is faithful, because we want everyone to get a greater revelation of who he is. Okay? That's really the first thing we do. And then the second thing that I think you will find always is we focus on the connection. We focus on the relationship with our Father. Because it's all about the connection. So, of course, we want our, our, our worship songs to be full of great theology, but our ultimate goal is not to teach you theology. Our ultimate goal is for you to have a relationship with this amazing Father. It's for you to connect with Him, to have an encounter 
Yeah? We don't want to just you know with your head that God loves you. We want you to know it with your heart. It's about the inkata. So that's the second really, the second big aspect that we're focusing on. People ask me sometimes, why are we singing so much about God loves us? We, it's always about God loves us and He loves us and He loves us. Well, it's because it's a foundational thing. If you read your Bible, guys, um, I mean, actually, Jesus said Himself, I mean, if I had to give you two commandments, it would be love God and love, love your, your neighbors like yourself. So it's about love. And what about being... Uh, rooted and grounded in his love. In Ephesians it says that. What about the verses who said, you know, uh, three things remain, faith, hope and love. And what about all the verses about, um, you know, that actually you are nothing if you have all the gifts, if you don't have love. So, I mean, if we don't think about love, that's a really strange thing. It is about love ultimately. It's about encountering him and his love. Yeah. Yes. And thirdly, often people say to me, oh, I don't understand, you're repeating a lot of things. You take a sentence and you repeat it and you repeat it over and that does do nothing to God. Then, honestly, this is about the revelation. If you feel the Spirit is really on something in the worship, you want to declare it Mm -hmm. until you believe it. Mm -hmm. Yes? You don't want to just see it once and say, oh, that was good, that's great. No. You declare it, you, you understand that, you know, oh, I trust in you, God. You are trustworthy. Yes, I trust in you, God. The first time you say, that's great. The second time you say, you say, oh, do I really believe that? Mm. The third time you think, oh, do I believe it enough? The fourth you say, oh, I need to believe it enough. The fifth time you say, oh, oh my gosh, oh yes, I trust in you because really I need to trust in you because you're amazing. Yeah. And you declare it until you're thinking, yes, okay. I have trouble in life, but it's okay because I trust in you. And when your beliefs has really taken hold of you and your behavior, you know you have been transformed. Yeah. That's why we do that. That's why we're repeating it. Because it's worth it. It's worth being transformed. We don't want to just go through the motion. We don't want to just have a nice time of worship. We want to be transformed, be more and more like Jesus. We want to be believers that believes. Mm-hmm. Yes? So I really want to invite you to grow into a more mature believer, uh, believer and mature worshipper. And I'm speaking to myself there. And the first thing is to really learn to connect with God. Learn to connect in many ways with God. It's more important you connect families with, with God. You know he loves you and you hear you, you heard his voice, you, you hear his whisper. That's more important than actually maybe have done a lot of discipline and you haven't connected at all. It's more important because that's what will transform you. I, of course, by all means, read your Bible. I'm, I have not said, you know, it's, uh, read your Bible, pray. But what I'm suggesting to you, if you do that and you have not connected with, with God, that's meaningless. You've got to connect with him. Whatever you do, the connection is the most important, important thing. So I'm inviting you, you know, on Sunday, come on time. Get stuck in the worship. Come to the encounter night because we will help you. You know, our job is not to, to, to dictate the worship. Our job is to facilitate this time for you. So you engage with God. It's your worship time. Yeah? So come on time. Get stuck in the worship. Learn new ways to communicate with God. 
use your dancing, use your singing, use your creativity to engage with God. Okay? Go for it. Then another thing is I would encourage you to, to really um, develop your thanksgiving muscle. Because I know this is the key for me as a person. You know, when I, I, I'm, I'm finding in this place where I was thinking, oh, I need to really connect in a greater way with God, I start by thanksgiving. And I pause a little bit and I say, oh God, you are so amazing. And I start to voluntarily think about all the things I've done in my life. Mm. All the benefits I have in, his, in salvation. All the benefits I have in His blood. Mm. And I declare it. And I say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, you know. In the midst of a crap day. Oh, I said crap. Uh, <laughs> that's what I do. I just say, yeah, I'm not denying it's a bad day. Okay, because we have some of them. But I'm doing, well, this is, this is tough. But Jesus, thank you. I'm not alone. Thank you that you already got a solution. And I, 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 just, I just go through the thanks. Thanksgiving is a key. It's a key yeah. to connect with God. Okay, I put some verses there. In Colossians 3, it says, And in all you do, give thanks to God to the Father for Jesus. Acknowledging Him will always bring His presence. Mm. You acknowledge yeah. Him. Thanksgiving yeah. is acknowledging Him. It brings His presence. And learn to rest and depend on Him. Yeah. Yeah. You know this verse, Be still and know that I am God. It's not, Be still, I do nothing, and I wait. That's, that's, not, that's not, Be still and know that I am God. Okay? Be still and know that I am God. It actually keep your heart still until you connect with God and have His perspective. Because when you have His perspective, then you know, you know, you know. Yeah. So be still and know that I am God. Is I, I need to find those times. I'm terrible at it. Okay. So I'm not. You know, I know, I know it's difficult. I'm, I'm the sort of person who always moves. <laughs> you can tell, can you? <laughs> so, be still, I know. But I know, sometimes I, I, I've run around and I'm thinking, oh, I've run around again. Mm. Be still, I know. I need to quiet my heart and connect with God and know His perspective in the situation. So, learn that throughout the day. Throughout the day. Okay. And Father, do everything for him, for him, for his glory, whatever you do. Okay, I am, I've got to be very practical for you. I, I really hate housework. I hate everything to do with the house. And in general, you know, in general I hate everything. I could do a list to you. I, ca- I cannot stand it. Okay. I cannot stand it. So when I do this thing, I, I'm doing that. I'm doing everything. So... If I'm, I'm cleaning in uh, my girl's room, and I'm, the first thing is I turn it because it's messy and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Sorry for that, the boss. So that's my first reaction. My second reaction is I pick it up for the glory of God. I say, oh, Jesus, thank you. You gave me amazing girl. Yes, and they are glorious. And then I go in thanksgiving. That helps me. Amen. Okay, so then I'm starting to do it for the glory of God because I'm thinking, be concrete. You do something you don't like it, be concrete. Okay, whether it's your job, you don't like it, you know. Uh, I, I used to teach and sometimes I find it really difficult. Well, uh, well, do it for the glory of God. Well, these kids, Jesus, I want to provide the best education for them. You know, I know this subject is not my thing. And, 
It's really not the context I want to teach right now. But right now I'm here. I'm going to do it for you. Mm. Yes? We, you know, let's be real. Let's be real. Everything that we don't like, we can find a way to really give thanks to him and give him glory. Yeah? Now, I just want to finish by a really brief testimony. Uh, I, you know I love worship, but worship is really not being always easy to me. And uh, when I was, um, especially when I was a, in my late teen, until around 17, 17 or 18, I was saved. I had been baptized, you know, for quite a few years. But I always found that my life was uh, like a roller coaster, up and down. You know, my spiritual life, it was really difficult. And worship, I love singing, but I could not worship for long. And somehow, I couldn't really engage really deeply with worship. And at the time, um, I just I remember very vividly started to really struggle with many things, and one of them was rejection. And I really suffered from rejection to the point that actually uh, even my body suffered because I, I became quite e- extremely obese. So I started to really go on this trip that I really didn't love myself, uh, really finding really difficult to engage, and it, it was just not an happy time. But what happened, one, one, um, one summer, I was away, and uh, some people prayed for me, uh, for a bunch of issues, in, in, like rejection and things like that. But what I found is, at that moment, uh, first of all, I got freedom. And secondly, I found that, wow, God loves me. I just suddenly, it went from my head to, to my heart. Mm. And when it dropped, there was this amazing peace and joy that came with it. But it completely revolutionized the way I worshipped. And I found that suddenly that thing coming to my heart, I went from, you know, a worshipper who was really defining it difficult to engage, to someone who loved being in his presence. And so I just want to encourage you this morning, if that is your case, if you find it difficult to engage in worship or to go deep in worship, okay? First of all, to not be afraid that God can do a work in your heart Mm. and he's gentle and he is lovely and he will never force himself onto you. But he will show you his love, okay? And when you fall in love with him, your worship experience will never be the same. Because that's what worship is about. He loves us, so we love him in return. And I think Jamie's got as well another testimony. So I recruited him for giving him a testimony. And then we will pray for you. I just want to quickly tell you a, a before and what happened and an after testimony. Um, in terms of me and worship, I think, for example, if I went to a conference, my first thought would be, can the worship finish so I can hear the speaker? That was really where I was at. I, I wanted that to be over because it's the preaching I really wanted. Well, when I was in my home church, it was more, what are you doing, Holy Spirit? Will I get a chance to use a gift? Um, that was really where I was at. Um, and then we were at Bethel in 2011, and it was an incredible evening in this church in Redding, California. Uh, it was an evening where, miraculously and suddenly, there was... Um, a gold cloud that was moving around the room during the worship and it broke out during the notices I think worship had finished, we'd been worshipping an hour and a half, they were wrapping up and it was just to our 
our, our right began to move and the, the people just began to love Jesus spontaneously and just sing and delight in him and love him. Not really even that moved by the fact there was this gold cloud moving around the room, but loving Jesus and incredible. And that worship went on, we left around half eleven, I think it went on four hours more just loving him. But I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, someone prayed for me and it was like I was being physically electrocuted and I didn't know what God was doing but I just knew it was him and I was really pleased that he was touching my life. Um, after that encounter I suddenly found that I had this passion for worship that I hadn't previously had and before that encounter I would listen to music but it, I, I still love buying all the same bands I ever bought so uh, I still buy all the electronic music I like and I still have it all on my phone but suddenly I didn't want to listen to it anymore I had this insatiable <coughs> appetite for worship mm. that just I didn't know I thought wow something got put in me in that encounter that wasn't there before and I just wanted to sing to him and worship to him and suddenly I wasn't really that bothered really about whether or not I had a gift or didn't have a gift or was he saying anything. I just wanted to love him, be in his presence and delight in him. And if he wanted to speak and do something through me, that was fine. But that, that I was here for him. It was an appetite that I hadn't had before. And I'd suddenly find myself on my bike singing out loud in streets thinking, I don't know where this is coming come from. But I realised that something got put in me in this encounter with him. And even recently that's grown so that I just now don't even, I don't want to talk to God about what I need or what I want to see happen. I just want to worship. It's like I, my whole routine has shifted. And I say even recently from that encounter, it's like I just want to have time with you. I just want to have, if I can get half an hour, an hour just to delight in you and sing to you and rejoice in you. And then if we get to talk about stuff, that's fine as well. But I just, I just want to... I just want to be in your presence and delight. And I'd say, that, like Rochelle was saying, it was an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and it was an encounter with just knowing that He is so, so wonderful and so beautiful and so good, and He is all that He says He is. And it's something that gets um, so, something so deeply satisfying to love and delight and enjoy God. There's just mm. something that just fills your belly. I just feel satisfied. It's like it literally is like being fed. And it's like after that period of just worshipping, it's like I don't really need to say anything because it's like all the answers to all my questions and my needs have all been met in the context of worshipping him. Mm. Yeah, it's going to invite us to stand. Mm.